I'm Daniel. And I'm Hannah. And we're massive Disney fans. So we've decided to start a podcast where we'll be re-watching some of our favorite movies. As well as reviewing new releases as they come out in theaters and on Disney+. Plus. So pull up a chair and come with us as we experience the magic of Disney. Hi, Daniel. Hi, Hannah. What's up? How are you? Good. I am good. How are you? I'm doing good. Trying to cram in all my schoolwork before it starts. Yeah, same. I got to do some readings before class. It's fun time. Yeah. So, Aristocats. Yep. So, this week we watched the Aristocats. So, yeah. No, this week we watched the Aristocats. Um, And... As promised two weeks ago, we brought in a special guest because Hannah and I are not cat people. And we that is the main reason that Megan is here today. Hi! Hi, Megan. Hi, Daniel. Hi, Hannah. <laughs> Hi, Megan. <laughs> uh, so, Megan, do you want to tell us a bit about yourself? What are your favorite Disney movies? What are things you're into? Give us a brief description of Megan. All right, a uh, brief description of Megan. Favorite Disney movies? Unfortunately, I'm not, like, a huge Disney person. Um, not like Daniel and Hannah. I Daniel gets mad at me sometimes for how little I know. But my favorite Disney movies are currently Wally and Tangled. And also maybe The Aristocats. But um, I'm really more into Broadway and classic movies like Audrey Hepburn, Marilyn Monroe, Marlon Brando, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So we brought Megan in to teach her a, a few things. <laughs> We're a little more cultured. Thank it you. It goes both ways. She'll teach us too. <laughs> we will. There's a lot of. Um, I realized while watching this, I've never actually like listened to the words that they're saying. I don't know why. Um, but there's a lot of like classical music references in this movie. Yeah. Um, that I'm sure Megan will know, that I don't know. Megan, do you want to give us the plot? Sure. Um, so this movie is about a family of cats who live in the, in Paris in the 1910s, the early 1900s. Um, and they live with this rich old lady and she decides to um, put them in the will, and her butler gets jealous and tries to get rid of them. Uh, and they hook up with this cool cat, no pun intended, <laughs> named Thomas O'Malley, and he helps them back home and saves the day. Pretty much, yeah. Um, it's definitely a shorter movie than The Avengers. But yeah, so this this the movie is very French. So before I get into the cast, um, just know that I probably am pronouncing their names wrong. So if I am, I'm sorry. So the cast of Aristocats will start with Duchess is voiced by Ava Gabor, Thomas O'Malley. Megan loves Ava Gabor. Thomas O'Malley is voiced by Phil Harris. Marie is voiced by Liz English. Belios is voiced by Dean Clark. Toulouse is voiced by Gary Dubbin. Edgar the Butler is voiced by 
Roddy Maud Roxby. And Madame is voiced by Hermione Baddeley. Oh, and Roquefort the Mouse is voiced by Sterling Holloway. What about, um, oh, what's her name? Fran? Fran. Oh, the horse. Fru Fru. Oh, is that her name? Okay. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Fru is voiced by Nancy Culp. Also, Sterling Holloway also voiced uh, Winnie the Pooh. And the Cheshire Cat. And Ka in the Jungle and, Book. Yeah. <laughs> and Ava Gabor is also the voice of Miss Bianca in The Rescuers. Oh, right. And Phil Harris is the voice of Baloo in The Jungle Book. Yep. So, Hannah, do you have fun facts for us? I do. So... This film was actually based off a true story, or like a true family of cats. Um, Tom McGowan and Tom Rowe is who the story is based on, right? Am I reading that right? The film is based on a story by Thomas McGowan and Tom Rowe, which centers around a real family of cats that inherited a fortune, which is kind of interesting. Why would Seriously? You, why would you let your cats inherit? Someone actually gave their cats their, their fortune? Um, as they should. Is that legal? <laughs> like, I'm not a lawyer or anything, but like, is that legal? Uh, I have no clue. Like, could I just leave all my money to my fish? Oh God. <laughs> I would do that. I, I would definitely you really do that. I'm gonna look it up while Hannah's saying her other fun <laughs> fact. So next is that Scat Cat was originally gonna be voiced by Louis Armstrong. Um, there's actually supposed to be four kittens, but they ended up with three. The original skip script featured a fourth kitten in Waterloo, but he ended up being removed because they thought four was too many. Um, <laughs> it was the last film to be approved by Walt Disney. He approved it, but it was the first to be completed after his death. Wait, this was the last film approved by Walt Disney? Yeah, and it was the last to include the phrase, a Walt Disney production at the end. Wow. Aww. Um, I think that's it. Yeah, that's all I got for you. Um, yeah, I can't think of any fun facts. I can tell you a little bit about the music. Um, the music for this movie was written by the Sherman brothers, Richard and Robert Sherman. Oh, my faves! Hannah loves them. Um, all the songs except for Everybody Wants to Be a Cat. Everybody Wants to Be a Cat was written by other artists who I am going to tell you the name of in a second when I look it up <laughs> because I totally forgot what their names are. Everybody Wants to Be a Cat was written by Floyd Huddleston and Al Rinker. Okay, Al Rinker sounds familiar. I think we're thinking of someone else. Okay. Uh, Al <laughs> Rinker. I think we're thinking of the, um, the, the weatherman guy. The what? <laughs> the, um, Megan, he was in Waitress. He was... Oh, 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 yeah, Al Roker. Al, Al Roker. That's the word we have. <laughs> we hear Al Roker. <laughs> <laughs> it was not Al Roker. Al Roker did not write anything for this movie. <laughs> By the way. Um, so yeah, do you want to just hop right into our notes? Sure. Okay. Sorry, I'm looking up Al Rinker now. <laughs> <laughs> okay. First thing I noticed is that I feel like the color in this film was much more vibrant. 
Really? Yeah. Versus Oliver and Company? Yeah. I have to disagree with you on that. <laughs> I think they're very different animation styles. The uh, animation in this movie I like less than the animation in Snow White. Really? Which I know doesn't make sense, but this is like really poor animation. It is. This is. It is. This animation style is my favorite in any Disney movie I've ever okay, seen. Okay, okay, Megan, you've told me this before, <laughs> and because you don't know a lot, <laughs> in the nicest way possible, you don't know a lot. I think you like the way it's drawn. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Hannah and I, at least I, I don't know about Hannah. I'm talking about the animation. I'm talking about how you'll notice, especially in Madame's hair, because it's white, you'll notice mm. very sketchy, and there's a lot of, like, you kind of can see the pencil lines and all of that. I love that. Is that weird? Uh, yes. <laughs> okay. That is weird, actually. It's just very stylish. Um, so the reason that you can see all those sketch lines and... Sometimes you can even see the framework if you really look close enough. I could never spot it, but... Um, so, in the early times of Disney, Snow White, Cinderella, Sleeping Beauty, the way they animated their movies was every frame done by hand, and the artist would have 350,000 sketches. And in that... Using that technique, you you don't see as much of those lines, and it doesn't look all blotty and blurry. Um, right. But it's not efficient. But it does, in my opinion, it looks prettier than the Aristocats. Um, and in the 1960s, to become more efficient, they started using something called zero xerography, um, which is similar to using a Xerox machine essentially is what they did. They would draw one frame and then they would kind of Xerox it. And you know when you make a copy, how if there's like erase marks and stuff on it, you can get all those little dots? Uh-huh. Yeah. That's essentially what happens. When they make a Xerox of it, there are so many little dots and that's why you see all those blotted lines. And then in 1985, when Black Cauldron came out, that's when they started using computer-generated image, or CGI, and I believe that they used a mix of xerography and CGI, and that's what cleaned up the image, and that's what gave us those really pretty shots in Oliver and Company where they could, like, pan around the car, and things like that. Now, I am not, like, an animation expert. I don't really know what I'm talking about. I just kind of got all this information off Google, literally like right before we started recording so do not quote me on anything i say i could be wrong this is kind of my basic understanding that i'm piecing together based off what i've learned about geography in the past few hours and what i already know about disney if you want to know more i suggest going to google looking it up i'm sure there are tons of videos i know i saw a video on youtube called how geography saved disney um, I haven't watched it yet, but I'm sure it talks about how it saved them a bunch of money and a bunch of time because it was the Dark Ages. They were scavenging for money. 
But anyway, I had two animation notes because I thought Megan was gonna point out something about the animation, so I wanted to jot down some timestamps where I did notice that it was a little, um, little off, little weird. So my first timestamp was, I know I'm jumping ahead, but at 5 minutes and 16 seconds... Uh, okay, look at Duchess. Look at Duchess sitting on the chair in front of the mirror. Mm-hmm. Duchess isn't really moving at all. She is... She looks like she's part of the background painted, and... I don't know. I just... I don't like it. I think it looks weird. Yes. Also, just noticed this now, I want to point it out, she's looking in a mirror, but she has no face. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, reflection in the mirror. Yeah. Um, and at 5 minutes and 30 seconds, you gotta look very closely. It's like, blink and you'll miss it. Duchess's eye goes away for a second. So you'll, you'll notice how Duchess's eyes are blue. At 5 minutes and 30 seconds, one of her eyes oh, yeah. becomes white. <laughs> um so yeah that's i'm not really a fan of that but megan if you like it i mean i respect that no you don't <laughs> but it is a little weird <laughs> interesting i respect your opinion but i don't agree with it <laughs> i don't know just something about it i like it it feels more real you know no. I'm not going to try to myself. I actually don't know. <laughs> Wait, no, explain. Like, what do you mean it feels more real? I don't know. I just, I love... I just, I feel like they add a texture to it that it would otherwise not have. It's another... It's almost adds more depth to the art. I can see that. I mean... Honestly, for me, it's kind of just distracting. They, you know, went back to, like, Cinderella. Lady Tremaine and Madame have, like, the same hair. It's not the same hair color, but it's the same hair. And Lady Tremaine, like, her hair is always, like, pristine and perfect. And with Madame, she always has those, like, black sketch lines going in and out of her hair. And I feel like it just kind of takes away from the moment and away from what it's supposed to be. Yeah, I can see that. Alright, now the animation spiel is over. My first note is... is my first note. Anna, what's your... Um, at 4.37, I say, why does he walk weirdly up the stairs? I'm trying to find it. Because I'm not really sure why. Oh, George? George? Yeah. I'm just... He's old. I mean, he's old, but he's walking completely turned out. <laughs> <laughs> I love how that's what he notices. <laughs> this old man, like probably eighty-five, is walking up the stairs, and he's like, "Wow, his turnout is lost. My God." <laughs> no, but like, literally, how does he walk up the stairs like that? With a cane. He's not even using the cane. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> he uses it at the beginning and then he tucks it under his arm. <laughs> my note at the exact same time as Hannah's was, oh my god, they have an elevator in their house. What year is this? 
come on now. Elevators are for old people. <laughs> no, I mean, like, when did elevators become a thing? That's a great question. When were elevators invented? Like, I knew this was, like, early 1900s, but... Like, they have an elevator in their house, oh. but Butler doesn't have indoor plumbing in his room. They were invented in the late 1800s. Okay, so that would explain why Madame has one in her house. Because she's, she's rich. Yeah, it's not, like, yep. a new thing, but it's n it's been around enough for rich, rich people to have one. I have a note that Megan might have cat caught might have caught mm -hmm. Megan might have cat <laughs> I was gonna say might have catched but catched isn't a word <laughs> that Megan might have caught um Megan at 16 at 609 I have that yeah okay do you want to say it yeah okay um they're playing Carmen it's a super famous opera um it's also a ballet yeah. With the same oh, it is. Yeah, um, I caught it too, Daniel. Just so you know, I did not know <laughs> it was a ballet. Um, I, Madame said, "Oh, it's Carmen," and I figured it was an opera. So I texted my neighbor, who's an opera major. I said, "Hey, um, is Carmen an opera?" And she goes, "Yeah." It's one of the most famous operas ever, hey, Daniel. But at least they recognize the name. Okay, shut up. Um, but Megan, did you catch what Dutch, what Duchess, what M Madame said after that? Yes, she said it was her favorite role. I know, it means she was an actress. I know. Yeah. I wonder if that's where she got her money from. Oh, definitely. 100%. She was Carmen in Paris? I mean, probably. Yeah. She probably, she honestly probably performed at the that Paris Opera House with the big gold statue roofs on the top. Are you talking about the Opera House from Phantom? I think I am, but I don't know if that's the same thing. The Opera Populaire? I don't remember, but I saw it when I visited Paris. It's probably that one. Probably. Yeah, it's... What, what did you say it was, Megan? Uh, the Opera Populaire? No. The I don't know how to pronounce it, but Palais Gar Garnier? Sure. Yeah, I just looked up <laughs> Opera House in Paris. It was the first thing that popped up. I'm oh. going... It's got, like, gold statues on the roof. Oh, um, wow. I'm cool. sure this is where she performed. Um, we'll post a picture of that opera house on Instagram. She could have, based on the timeline, Carmen, um, Carmen premiered in 1875. She could have originated it. Oh, definitely. Um, did you see, I'm gonna jump ahead a little bit. But, uh, 1443, um, on the piano, there's a Bizet sheet music, and Bizet wrote Carmen. Wow, you really did your research. I really did. <laughs> My neighbor's really smart. It's <laughs> pretty impressive, Daniel. Thank you. Google's really impressive. Um, okay, so... After Carmen, I have a note at seventeen forty-four, and it just said what? Wait, what? Seventeen what? Uh, sorry, seven forty-four. I don't know what's wrong with me today. Um, my question was, it was a question for Megan. Megan, what is what is that to be thing in the house? 
Like, what? My thoughts are that it was, um, like, the grandfather of intercom systems because it leads to Edgar's room. Yeah, Edgar so, can hear it, but, like, what is it? Well, it was probably so that she could easily call for him without having to strain her voice. No, no, no. That's I under, like, I understand what it was used for, but, like, what is it called? I have no idea, and I don't know how to look it up, because I don't know how, how to describe it. How would it work? Like, is there just a pipe going through the house? Yeah, have you ever been on a playground, and there's those things you can shout in, and it travels to the other one? No, yeah, but that's a yeah. playground. She lives in the mansion, and Edgar yeah, probably lives on the bottom floor. They, okay. Edgar probably I mean, was on the top floor. Speaking tubes. Early in the 19th century, engineers built speaking tubes to carry voices between two people in the same building. Speaking tubes. Wow, so creative. So original. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Okay, my next note's at 10 minutes and 11 seconds. And it's just my favorite quote, ladies do not start fights where they can finish them. <laughs> Wait, can I play that clip? Yes, please. What's the timestamp? 10 minutes and about 11 seconds. Well, she started it. Ladies do not start fights, but they can finish them. Early odds, don't be rude. I love it. I love that line, too. Um, perfect. I actually, I have a note right before Hannah's, um, but I didn't want to interrupt you, Hannah. I have another nine minutes and five seconds. Um, that's when Edgar hears the plan for Dan to give all the money to the cats, and he's like, oh, I must get rid of them. Here's where Edgar's plan isn't that smart. He doesn't wait till Madame dies to get rid of the cats. He just does it right away. Like, he understands that, like, he can get rid of the cats now, but he'll still have no money because Madame's still alive. Why didn't he wait for Madame to die and then just kill the cats? Probably because he would then... I'm thinking way too hard about this, but probably because then... Um, it's like why people don't take out an insurance po a life insurance policy on someone and then kill them the next day, because that puts them in the number one suspect list. <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> but that's not what this is. Like, it's cats. And? How dare you? Okay. I mean, <laughs> what I thought was sloppy about his plan um, was that he said he, when he's counting up how long they'll live, he takes into account that they have nine lives, um, but he only tries to get rid of them once. No, what's sloppy about his math there is he doesn't realize that they're all going to be alive at the same time. He thinks it's like, oh, this person's going to have a life, and then they're going to die, and then Marie's going to have the life, and then Marie's going to die, and then it's going to be Toulouse's turn, and it's like, they're all going to, like, they're probably all going to die at the same time. Like, you got that part, right? You don't, like, 12 years, they're all the same age. Yeah, good point. I was wondering about his math there. Yeah. And then I have a note that I'm sure Megan wrote down, I am shocked if she didn't. At nine, 50, 9 minutes and 57 seconds, Duchess's collar change. Hold on. I, didn't, I did not write that down. I'm so sorry to disappoint you. Mm. But the, from the blue collar to the gold one with diamonds, I love the collar change. Oh, everything about the fashion in this movie, all of it, 
including for the cats, is flawless. Except for the fact that every once in a while, Marie's bow goes away. But we'll, <laughs> just, we'll just ignore that. Yeah. <laughs> I have a note that I thought was funny, and I'm 90% sure Hannah also wrote down. Hannah, do you have anything at 11.44? I don't. <gasps> you didn't catch this? No. Um, when he's pouring the sleeping pills into the cream, did the name of the pills are called Dr. Restwell's Sleeping Tablets. God, what? I don't know what you're talking about. 11.44, when he's pouring the medicine into the oh, doctor. Oh, my gosh. They're yeah, called no, Dr. Yeah. Restwell's Dr. Restwell's Sleeping Tablets. Um, also, I'm not a medical professional, but I'm pretty sure if you take an entire bottle of melatonin, you would die. We'll find out tonight. <laughs> <laughs> he pours the entire bottle of what is essentially melatonin into their cream. These are also like, these are like kittens. Like they're probably, Megan, how much does a kitten weigh? A kitten weighs pro less than a pound. Yeah, like. They would, they would like die if they took a bottle of sleeping pills. Because like the mouse should have, the mouse should have taken one drop of that cream and just dead. <laughs> Sorry, not to be harsh, but like a lot of medicine. <laughs> yeah, I have a note. Eleven fifty, all of it in all caps. Um. Okay. My next note is something Hannah didn't get and would never get, but Megan has, and it's at 1320, and Megan, why don't you say it? Oh, um, sure, I'll totally say it for you. Yes. What is it? Do you know what it is? Don't, I didn't get it. You didn't get it? You didn't, I thought you would write it down. Um, okay. Both of us wondering what it is. Anna, did you get it? No. In Scales and Apregias? Arpeggios? Uh, that's totally what I said. Arpeggios? Yeah. Ring my music ringing from your chest and not your nose While you sing your scales and your arpeggios Oh my god, I was gonna write that down. Mm -hmm. Uh-huh. Okay. Um, yeah, so at uh, 13 minutes and 20 seconds when Marie is singing scales and arpeggios, one of the lyrics is, feel the music ringing from your chest and not your nose, which is not a good singing technique. It is the opposite of good singing technique. But back then, um, it was actually what people were taught, and that's what I was taught. Um, my old voice teacher pulled out a book from around the time this movie is set, the early 1900s, to prove that you should be singing uh, in your chest. Which you should not be singing from your chest. But that baffles me, honestly. I don't know when that technique was, like, changed and when they realized you should be singing from your nose. But, like, did did they know in 1970 when they wrote this song? I don't think so. I think it was more recent than that. I think it was, um, when more... I think it was much more modern than... it's. I think it's much more modern than that. But that because, means, like... That means, like, people like Julie Andrews was singing incorrectly. Well, Julie Andrews has a different style of singing, though. Like, yeah. not all 
a lot of stuff you don't put in your nose. You don't put there, but um, yeah. Okay, Megan and I are gonna stop talking about singing. Yeah. <laughs> um, Hannah, my next note is at twenty minutes. So go ahead. Okay. Let's see. Oh, at seventeen minutes and three seconds, I like the little cat door because it's not obvious. Like it, it blends in with the door. I really like that. That yeah, the the. Cat door is part of the door's architecture. Um, yeah. My mom won't let us get a doggy door because she doesn't want it to stand out with the sliding glass door. Oh. Megan, do you have a cat door? Our cats are indoor cats. I don't think they're smart enough to go outside and come back home. Okay. Um, what did you say next it was? Because I think I'm up with you. My next note was at exactly 20 minutes. Okay. I actually had a note. Oh, um, at, sorry. Go ahead. So, excuse you, Daniel. <laughs> at, um, <laughs> mine is back a little bit, but it was at 1437. I took the liberty of looking it up because I wasn't sure. But the person singing for Duchess is not Ava Gabor. It is someone not. named. It I is not. I was going to say it in the cast, but I didn't feel like it was important. So. Well, I think it's important. <laughs> Go ahead, Megan. Um, her name is Robbie Lester. That, I just thought it was interesting. Yeah, Ava Gabor doesn't sing, and she doesn't sing in Re The Rescuers either. Um, I don't know who replaced her in The Rescuers. I can look it up now. Yep, Robbie Lester, same girl. Voice for Miss Bianca. Yeah, I guess they wanted to keep it the same. I'm sure they, I'm sure they did. It was probably also just easier than auditioning another girl. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Disney has used a singing voice for a lot of people. Um, Jasmine and Mulan both have the same woman as their singing voice. Pocahontas had a different singer. Uh-huh. Yeah, fun facts. Okay, what do you have next? You 20 minutes? Oh, right, my note at 20 minutes. I just find it really funny how he goes around the underneath the bridge on the motorbike in the lake. <laughs> Mm -hmm. I don't know why, but I found that so amusing. <laughs> I know what you're talking about. When's your next one? My next one is at 29 minutes and 22 seconds. Okay. Well, at 25 minutes and 45 seconds is when it clicked in my head that... What's the mouse's name? Roquefort. Roquefort sounds like Winnie the Pooh because he is. It is. Yeah. Um, also it is? Oh my god, Megan. We just talked about this. <laughs> Oh, we did. <laughs> Remember how we said Roquefort is voiced by Sterling Holloway and Hannah went, who also voices Winnie the Pooh. And then Aww. I went on to say he also voices the Cheshire Cat and Ka in the Jungle Book. The Cheshire Cat. Wow. Yeah. That's a character change. Um, he also is a narrator in Saludos Amigos. Yeah. I also find that the fact, like, they dressed him as Prince Philip. I was thinking Sherlock Holmes. <laughs> that works my, my thought was also Sherlock Holmes, um, and I was connecting it to the Great Mouse Detective. So, Megan, do you have another note? Um, not for, not for a while. Okay, so my next note is when Phil, Phil Harris, when Thomas O'Malley says, your eyes look like sapphires, um, can cats have blue eyes? They can. 
and I can dogs have blue eyes. Oh, but yeah, my neighbor has a husky. my neighbor has a husky with blue eyes. Yeah, the huskies have blue eyes. I think it's I not think common. Yeah, oh, we're talking over each other. Sorry. Sorry. You can go. Um, I think only. Don't quote me on this, but I think only calicos can have blue eyes. I don't know what that means. Hannah, do you know what that means? Nope. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's a type of cat. So, she must like, have some calico in her. Like a breed of cat? Yeah. Like okay. tabbies. Yeah. I looked up calico cats, and none of them have blue eyes. Oh, this one has... This one has hazel eyes. But none of them have, like, blue eyes. Well, then I might be mixing up the kind of cat. The, when I look up blue-eyed cat, I get a lot of white cats. Okay, this conversation is going nowhere. I... Mm, <laughs> I'm, I give up. I'm not going to mislead you guys anymore. Yeah. <laughs> um, look up blue-eyed cats on Google. They're really pretty. Um, and definitely photoshopped, but still really pretty. Siamese cats can have blue eyes. Yeah, I think, I think it's Siamese cats. Um, my next note is until 40 minutes, so... Um, at 36 minutes, I said, Edgar's not much of a genius if he's going to go about saying it was him, like, that he did it. <laughs> wait. There. Wait, 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 what's the timestamp? 36 minutes and four seconds. The newspaper, and he's like, they called me a mastermind, they called me a <laughs> genius, and he's telling them that he did it. And, like, sure, it's just animals. Well, yeah, because like, he doesn't know that they can talk. Well, I mean, they, they can't, can't in talk, real life. But like, yeah, but, like, I don't know. But I, still, someone could, like, walk up behind him. Like, what? No, yeah, definitely not that smart. Also, <laughs> gonna go back to the fact that he could have just also waited till the dam dies and then killed <laughs> the cats. Yeah, he's obviously not the smartest in the bunch. Um, yeah, no, definitely. Uh, Megan, do you have anything before 40 minutes? Um, I, yeah, I have, um, it's at 34 or 7. I was just wondering, because Thomas O'Malley almost lets them just go off on their own, and then he saves Marie, and he stays on the thing. Does he, like, stay because he thinks they need his help? Because that's not really, he just sort of stays. He does, and I noticed that because he helped Maria, and then we was just he was just kind of hanging off. I'm going to assume he stayed because he liked Duchess. Right. Um, that's what I'm thinking. I'm thinking like in his mind, like, oh, I just impressed her by saving her child, so maybe like now I maybe have a shot. Right. All right. Yeah. Um, but I don't really know what the character choice was there. Yeah. <laughs> um, at 40 minutes, and I wish I could play this clip, but I can't because there's no words, but I'm definitely going to post it on Instagram. At 40 minutes, this is Hannah and I walking into Disney. <laughs> <laughs> Just Hannah and I walking down Main Street. Uh, that's funny. At 50 minutes and 56 seconds, I said, there's no way the hat could have been picked up like that, because he didn't even hook it fully on. What? 50 so minutes? That was just kind of like a laziness in animation. 50 minutes. And 56 oh. seconds. Wendy hats on the dog. 
Yes. Oh. And Edgar's trying to get it. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I don't know what to tell you. It's definitely not. I don't. I don't know like how their process works. Don't really know what goes on, but um, there are definitely times where it could have been better. I agree. I mean, maybe it's like they physically could not make it any more realistic, but to me, it just seems kind of lazy. Like I feel like they could have done that. Yeah. Yeah. No. Definitely. My next note is at fifty-four minutes. And 54 minutes and 18 seconds, one of the dogs, I don't remember the dog's name, it was Napoleon, and who was the other dog? Lafayette. Yes, Lafayette. I don't remember which one was which. I don't remember which one was lit, which, but he says the cutest line, and I'm going to play it. I am plum goose pimply scared. I'm gonna steal that. I want a quote board of that. <laughs> I think we found Megan's senior quote. Um, I'm plum goose pimply scared. Lafayette, the Aristocats. <laughs> um, okay, moving on. 59 minutes and 56 seconds. Um, in during Everybody Wants to Be a Cat, the Chinese cat, that didn't age well. Oh, no, not at all. No. Yeah, definitely not. Mm -mm. Also, um, I didn't realize that song was so far into the movie. So, something I thought was really interesting about this song um, is that it's, I mean, it's very clearly jazz. Everything about this theme screams jazz, right? Yeah. Yes. But I looked it up, and jazz didn't come to France. Jazz was in America before the turn of the century. But jazz didn't come to France until the mid-20s, and this movie is set in the early 1900s. I don't know how this would be possible, but the one thing I didn't write down, but I did want to remember to point out, is that Thomas O'Malley and Scat Cat both have American accents, when everyone else so do, has a British accent. So do, I think. They might just have faint ones that I didn't pick up on. So do Toulouse and Berlioz. Find a clip of them talking. I don't actually remember what they sound like. All the kids sound it's the funny. same. Here we go. This is at nine. This is nine minutes in the movie. Why should you be first? Because I'm a lady. That's why. Uh, you're not a lady. You're nothing but a sister. <laughs> yeah, those are like clear American accents. Right, and but it made me think about the thing that you said when we watched it together. Do you want to? I don't remember what I said. Well, oh, when we watched oh, it together. Oh, 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 yeah, oh, yeah. oh, 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 I wanted to save it till the end, so I'm gonna save it till the end. Okay, save it till the end. It's like a really profound thought, and I never have profound profound thought. I know. Shut up. Wait, that wasn't supposed to sound like that. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it is, like, a really profound thought, and, like, I want to keep you all on the edge of your seats, so, like, stay tuned. <laughs> um, but, yeah, that, the song, parts of it, like, didn't really age well, it gets kind of a little, um, racist, but in the cast, um, 
I noticed in the opening credits, the Italian cat is voiced by an Italian guy, and that's the only one I actually noticed, but I don't know if, um, but it made me wonder if the other cats are also voiced by actors of the same ethnicity. I don't see the Asian cat um, listed in the credits on Google, but I do see that the hip hippie cat was voiced by Lord Tim Hudson. Wow. Who's a lord. Lordy, lord. I don't know what he's a lord for. He was an English DJ and worked in Los Angeles for KFWB during the mid-60s. And he's a lord? And he's a lord. It says that um, Chinese cat was voiced by Paul Winchell. Paul yeah. Winchell is an American ventriloquist. Very much an American name. <laughs> yes. He was also in Fox and the Hound. Um, so it looks like that... Um, the, ugh, the cat has an actual name. Um, Sean Gon. Sean Gon was not voiced by someone of um, Asian descent. So, never mind. Unfortunate. It is. It was the 70s. Different time. Yeah. Um, I only have one more note at an hour 13 minutes, so... Someone else go. Um, at an hour and three minutes and 54 seconds, I wrote WHAM in all caps. What's <laughs> <laughs> the timestamp? An hour, three minutes, and 54 seconds. They're right there. And when we needed you, you were That was just a What? She goes, and WHAM. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, guys. <laughs> I really love Thomas O'Malley. Why did you write it down? Because <laughs> they're both like every time they start a sentence, they go "wham." It's just <laughs> okay. It was so odd to me. Yeah, yeah. That's that's all, guys. Okay, that's that's quite a note. Um, Megan, you had one an hour ten. Uh, yes. Um, this is just a fun little personal thing for me. When they're, uh, it's an hour ten twenty. Uh, alright. And so it's when the guy is pouring out his, um, wine. An hour ten twenty. Oh yeah, when they're all running past him. Oh, I don't think you have yeah. the right timestamp. I don't think there. I have the right timestamp either. But I know what you're talking about. I think it's later yeah. than that. Um, it's, oh, here it is. Um, An hour twelve twenty-seven. Yeah, yeah. An hour twelve twenty-seven. Pardon me. Uh huh. Um, and before I thought that was because he heard them speak, but then I realized that it's just because he saw a mouse chasing cats instead of the other way around. Yeah. Yeah, that's just. Look at me. you catching on. Look at me catching on after I watched it, what, every other week when I was a kid? <laughs> 18 years later. 
That guy looks so French, though. Yeah, for sure. What? It makes me think, like, it's supposed to be someone. Is no one else, like... Yeah, I see that. I also really love the animation and the color of the wine there. I don't know, it just looks delicious, you know? Yeah. 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 <laughs> that alcohol sure does look good. Daniel! <laughs> the color is... I don't know. Mm-hmm. Don't mind me. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Um, um, so I wanted to point out that at an hour, 12 minutes, and 20 seconds, this is when they start, you know, saving the cats, and that's about eight minutes out to the end of the movie, and I hope Phoebe's listening to this, because in an Avengers movie, or in a Marvel movie, it would be like 20 minutes left in the movie. Probably even more. <laughs> so. Wow. Which I think Daniel agrees with me is kind of uncalled for. I'm sorry. I'm doing my own little research right now. Because <laughs> I am, like, confident that that guy is, like, some <laughs> actual person. Oh my god. Uh, it looks- he looks, like, too- I don't know. He looks too specific to not be, like, a cameo, you know? Maybe they just did really good character design. And- uh, no. <laughs> no. So I looked at the cafe that he's at. He's at a place called Cafe de la P-A-I-X. Oh. And I looked it up. It's like super fancy. It's a real place. It's right next to a Starbucks. <laughs> and I looked up. Why don't I look up Aristocats? Aristocats. Okay, here we go. In 1910, when Walt Disney decided to settle to settle the Aristocats in Paris, he had to pay tribute to the Café de la Paix, Pa, a symbol of the mundane life back then. In the movie, we catch sight of this mythical mythical cafe when Thomas O'Malley finds out that a mouse from a mouse, the Duchess and her kittens are in danger and decides to hit the road immediately. The mouse is not fast enough and ends up chasing after the cat while passing by the Café de la Paix. A man drinking wine on the terrace himself tells himself he has had enough when he stops drinking after witnessing the funny situation. So it's not a real guy, but it is a little nod to the audience. So look at that. Look at that. Look at that. <laughs> I was half right. Um, my next note is that uh, an hour. 13 minutes and 43 seconds. Um, and it, it is a question for whoever made this movie. <laughs> what, what, what is your choice of music, the underscoring here? Just, this is when Edgar is chasing Thomas O'Malley in the barn, in the stable. Listen to the music in the back. Oh, let me unmute. What particular qualms do you have with this music choice? What's with the Congo drums? (laughs) (laughs) 
Did you not hear that, Megan? I did hear it. No. It, you oh. you didn't hear it? Do we have to go back? We're going to go back. Okay. No, no, I heard it. I heard it when you played it just now. Yes. Okay. <laughs> like, they were, like, so out of place. It was just, like, he cornered the cat, and then, you know, we see that, like, that scene where, like, we see his two legs and the cat's in between them. And then we just hear... Maybe it's supposed to represent Thomas's heartbeat because he's afraid. No. 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 No, 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 no. No. But those Congo drums do not belong in this movie. Yeah, I would agree. They're out of place. Yeah. And that's my last note. I'm done too. Megan? As am I. All right. So, um, can I say my profound thought now? Oh, yes, please. So, I know I kind of talk trash about this movie the entire time just because the animation, just because the animation isn't that great. However, I do love this one part. Um, you'll notice that all of Duchess's cats are different colors. And your immediate thought might be, wow, Duchess. Duchess is a player. I mean, get it, girl. Um, I do not think that is true. I think each kitten is the color of the person they aspire to be. Marie wants to be like her mother, so she is white. Uh, Berlioz wants to be like Scat Cat, and he is black. And Toulouse wants to be like Thomas O'Malley, and he is orange. Shut up. Yeah. That's actually really profound, Daniel. Right, thank you. I wasn't um, expecting that from you. <laughs> I'm not going to take that as an insult right now. <laughs> um, when you started talking about how Duchess was a player, I was like, this isn't going anywhere. Yeah. <laughs> no, but um, I caught that last time I watched this movie with Megan. Um, and yeah. Yeah, so, you know, everything got has got, like, a metaphor in Disney, and that's kind of why I like it, this movie. Yeah. I'll yeah. I really enjoyed this movie. Um, Megan, is it one of your favorites? Is It is, specifically because of the art style and the animation. I feel like I could tell. Yeah. <laughs> I really enjoyed it. It's been a while since I've seen it. Um... I didn't remember most of it. Yeah. I don't have, like, any crazy profound thoughts like Daniel does. No. We have to wonder where she did get those kittens. Because they're hers. I'm just curious about that. I mean, we saw that Madame just kind of took in Thomas O'Malley. So maybe, maybe she just took in the other kittens. Maybe, like, Marie is the only one that's truly hers. That is possible. I mean, maybe Berlioz is actually Scat Cat's son, and Scat Cat had to, like, leave him. That would be sad. That would be sad. But that's also probably why Toulouse and Berlioz have American accents like Thomas O'Malley and Scat Cat. Ooh. Yeah. Um, but I also really enjoyed this movie. Um, I... I mean, the animation style isn't my favorite, but it's not like 
you know, I can't sit through it. Like, I don't like anime. Like, I can't sit through anime, but I can I can sit through this because it's still Disney. And, you know, this movie does definitely have the Disney magic um, that all Disney movies have. Um, and I do really enjoy it. I absolutely love the scene where they're where Thomas O'Malley and Duchess are on the rooftop looking over Paris at night. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh. Megan, Megan's currently <laughs> crying right now. Yeah. They hold tails. Oh. <laughs> I, I really love this movie. I love, I mean, the animation, but also I love the characters. I love Thomas O'Malley. But, um... And I, I want to be Madame, Madame Adelaide when I grow up. I want to, you know, she's got this amazing grace and style. Well, you know what, Megan? And maybe you'll get to play her one day. Maybe so. There is a there is a play of the Aristocats. Really? There is. Disney has released the Aristocats Junior. It is a thing. Junior. Yeah, there is a junior. There is a junior version. Of the wow. has written for the stage. I don't know if Madame is in it. New dream role. <laughs> I feel like she'd have to be in it. Um, I know with 101 Dalmatians, what they do, when I saw it, um, they had Robert and the and Robert's girlfriend, I don't remember her name, um, as really, lar- like, just kind of just legs. Oh. Um, so you couldn't, you never saw their face. I think Corella DeVille was just a really large puppet. Like a really big marionette. It was kind of terrifying. I don't like that. Um, but I don't know how, (laughs) I don't know how they do Aristocats. But I do know it exists. Um, so Megan, maybe you can get them to do it at school. Maybe so. Because it is a musical. It's a musical? The movie you just watched is a musical. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. I guess those are our final thoughts. So we can spin the wheel. Wait, I thought we were going to let Megan do this. Oh, Megan, do you want to spin the wheel? Let's spin the wheel. It is the Black Cauldron. Oh my god. (laughs) I'm taking it off the wheel, so we'll watch it. Oh no. All right. (laughs) Hannah's Hannah's like paralyzed right now. It's the last thing I want to (laughs) watch. Actually, it could be worse. It could be worse. I've actually never seen it. Um, I've seen it, like, once when I was, like, really young, and I, like, was not there for it, so I've never really seen it. Um, but it'll just be Hannah and I, so we will go all out on The Black Cauldron. So excited! Ah, alright, <laughs> um, we will see you guys next week. Bye! Bye! Thank you for listening to Disney Talk with Daniel and Hannah. We hope you enjoyed this episode and we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye.
Thank you guys for listening to Disney Talk with Hannah and Daniel. All the clips from this episode were made and owned by the Walt Disney Company. The theme song was created by Jacob Slaker and the cover art by Sarah Fleischman. Bye.